breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty. William Daniel, director at uh, Shreveport's Water and Sewerage Department. We've got uh, got a lot of questions, William. Good morning, first of all. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. We uh, People are complaining There's uh, that their water has a funky smell this morning or for the past several days. So what uh, what's the issue? What have you discovered? You said you've been on a, a steep learning curve here. I have. This is the first time we've had uh, an algae bloom that was this significant since I've been in Shreveport. Uh, I'm aware that they used to happen in the past. We've instituted, you know, over the years, we've instituted different uh, treatment processes, specifically ozone. And that has kind of mitigated them. But we had a very large algae bloom in Cross Lake, and that creates uh, uh, this sort of uh, bad smell and bad taste in the water. Just to let the public know, the water is 100% safe. This is a naturally occurring process. It occurs all over the country, particularly in the south where you have surface water. But uh, I do understand that it tastes very bad and i have kind of smelled and tasted it myself some people um it should have already passed people uh at the end of lines where water is not used very often they may still be getting some of this um uh, unpleasant water uh we'll come out and flush the line and try to get it all out if we if, you know if you'll call us but um in the future we, when we get our ozone system fully running, we should mitigate uh, this uh, most of the time. So, did it affect the entire city or just certain sections of the city? No, it affected the entire city. Some people living close to the water plant, uh, you know, the water gets pushed by pretty rapidly, so it's replaced uh, regularly. If you live further out, or you, like I said, if you live on the end of a line where there's not much water used in that line, it's going to last longer, but um, it'll go away in, in a day or so. What, what, what have you done to What have you done to address it, or have you changed the chemicals you're using right now? Temporary a temporary fix. Well, what we've done is we've seeded the lake with some copper sulfate, which keeps the algae from reblooming. And we have um, uh, increased uh, uh, our flushing so that we can, you know, that we can get some of it out. But really, the the ultimate solution lies in getting our ozone system fully up. We've had it up for about three weeks. Uh, it's not fully um, functional. So as time goes on, in the next. 30 days or so, we'll get the ozone system fully functional. This will mitigate it tremendously. We can't ever make it go away. Uh, these algae blooms occur, ironically, because people are fertilizing their yards and this water gets into the, uh, the, the fertilizers washed into 
you know, ditches and it eventually winds up in Cross Lake and that causes the algae to bloom. So uh, the other irony is it's been too hot for it to bloom here <laughs> until the last couple of weeks. So, Well, that know, explains we all... why the uh, fire hydrants have been running on my mom's street for two days. Yes, oh, we've, been, yeah. we've been flushing the that line. That explains that. that we, we flushed them through the fire hydrants. So, yeah, I get people complaining about the smell and taste, and then I get com- people <laughs> complaining about we're flushing the line. So trying to figure out which one to resolve. No, uh, we're going to continue flushing, especially, like I say, in areas that are on the dead ends of lines where not a lot of water is used. Uh, so the line, the water moves through the line fairly slowly. But we'll get it all out in a day or so. And like I said, I've been looking on the Internet, and this is happening all over the country. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I guess it's weather-related somewhat. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But uh, it's completely safe. I know it tastes bad and smells bad, but it's completely safe. And if you put some in the refrigerator that you want to drink and maybe put a couple of drops of lemon in it, uh, once it's chilled, that pretty much... Uh, causes the flavor and the and the smell to dissipate the water quality lab number is here you can take this down if you're listening 673-7654 if you're still having an issue your guys will come out and flush the system 673-7654 correct yes and they can also call our dispatch 673-7600 and we'll get the uh, we'll get the information to the uh to the people who, who who run out there and flush the lines for us. William William Daniel, Water and Sewer Director. Thanks for your time, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 1017 FM, 710 Kia. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kia. And we're talking tax reform this morning. Daniel Erspalmer from the Pelican Institute on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Good morning, Daniel. Hey, good morning. Great to be with y'all. Thanks for making some time for me. Yes, sir. You've got a, a new report. Let's talk tax reform. What uh, What have you discovered? We don't need taxes anymore? <laughs> <laughs> if only that were the case, that yeah. would be great. <laughs> no, two two pieces of uh, of news to share here. The first is, of course, we released the Falcon Institute released a tax plan to phase out the state's personal income tax, uh, simplify the rest of the tax code, and really create a, a, a tax code for the 21st century that can help businesses and families thrive. And we can do so without raising another tax somewhere else or making significant cuts uh, to uh, to government services. And we can do this by just constraining the growth of spending. By just doing that, we can phase this out over, uh, we, we project, seven years. And in the meantime, in one year one alone of this plan, our model pr- suggests this produces 4,000 new jobs and over a billion dollars in new economic activity for our state. Well, this sounds like good news. Do you think eliminating the personal income tax in Louisiana, is this really going to happen? Well, that's the other piece of good news. And as as we are preparing this, you know, we've talked some about this 
uh, on your show, we have this uh, this campaign we're running all across the state. Uh, we call Our Louisiana Comeback, and this talks about all these issues, tax reform, budget reform, ensuring every child has access to a school that fits him or her, and allowing state dollars to follow the child. Some really important, big changes coming uh, to Louisiana. So we wanted to know, do voters support these? Is this the mandate that, that voters are sending to uh, to a new batch of lawmakers and a new governor? And it seems so. Our polls suggest 58% uh, of voters support and only 20% oppose phasing out the personal income tax. Uh, it's perhaps most surprisingly, 66% of voters uh, want our state leaders to prioritize budget reform, uh, and only 9% oppose that to constrain Daniel, the growth of government. Daniel, <laughs> I, just saw her, I just saw her BP go up when you Daniel, said budget reform. I can see her face from here. Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, poor innocent Daniel. There, sorry, you're chuckling. There is, you're not going to find me one lawmaker, maybe two or three, maybe, who are going to say, do away with the personal income tax and don't find replacement revenue. They're all, anybody who's pitching doing away with the personal income tax is also pitching some sort of replacement tax. Right. You are, you are dreaming pie in the sky, sir, if you, you think you can pitch do away with that income tax and we don't have to have a replacement tax. Well, that certainly has been the conversation. And here's why I think, Aaron, is... Uh, we've been asking the wrong question. Too many lawmakers who've been in that building too long, and, and, and the good news is most of these lawmakers are not in your neck of the woods, but too many of these lawmakers go in and say, how do we solve government's problem? That's the replacement question, right? How do we, if we're going to eliminate the income tax, how do we solve government's problem mm-hmm. by replacing it with something else? The question we should be asking is how do we solve the problems of Louisiana families? that our kids and grandkids are leaving. We can't find work here. Mm -hmm. And so we set out to work. We've been working on this plan for just over a year. We did uh, 20 different iterations with uh, our economic model on this to find the right plan that actually allows you to do this. And here's why it works. And I understand your skepticism, but here's why it works. Our state budget, as y'all know, has grown from $27 billion Mm -hmm. to $50 billion Mm -hmm. in just the last eight years. If we had just controlled... Uh, spending in that, and and if we just look at the state general fund from seven and a half billion to thirteen billion, if we just controlled spending, we could have been most of the way to eliminating the income tax already. If All we controlled takes. spending, uh, here, you, yeah, you know, here's this, there's a piece in your study, and I know it's so detailed, but there's a piece in it that just hit me upside the head. Let me read this because it's important. Only three states in the nation have a corporate income tax, a franchise tax, and a personal income tax. Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Unsurprisingly, these states are home to only seven Fortune 500 companies. Bells should be ringing. Ding, ding, ding. This is not working. That's significant. That's huge, yes. Daniel. Yes. It, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, we have to remember, this is this is the system that set up by Huey Long, right? We are 100 years almost into Huey Long's Louisiana. And his goal, right? Every man a millionaire and punish Standard Oil. That that was his goal in in setting up government. Everyone needed to come kiss the ring in Baton Rouge in order to get anything, whether you were a, a business or a person. And instead of 
fixing that in a significant way over the last 100 years. Everyone's just trying to put a Band-Aid over their problem. So we've made the problem worse and just, you know, put tax on tax and mixed it with credits and special interests and deductions. So that's right. We end up with only one of three states that are driving businesses. I mean, why would we even end up on the list with that plan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, we've got. Where yeah. do we trim government? You know, everybody says, oh, we'll cut spending. Nobody says, I'm going to cut 3,000 jobs or I'm going to cut the Medicaid rolls or I'm going to do this or that. No, because they'll get in trouble then. That's right. And and that's why. We, and look, we we have a list. We, we could talk through all the places we need to cut. And that would accelerate this plan even faster. All we have to do now is not grow it faster than our population is growing and faster than inflation. If we can just resist the urge, if voters can make clear to, to our lawmakers, you can keep doing what you're doing. Just don't add. Mm, but we you, could eliminate this income tax in seven years. You know what I keep thinking? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, <laughs> we'd all have a merrier Christmas. Uh, can we talk sales tax when we get back? Yeah, you bet. All right. Talking with Daniel Erspalmer from the Pelican Institute, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Got home yesterday afternoon. Mail hadn't been pulled out of the box yet. Mm-hmm. so And you don't have to say the name, but uh, got this in my mail. Okay. A big card, you know. Handsome young man. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, wait. Got, got, got this in the mail. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got this, yeah. This was, this was in the mail. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, oh hold on. I, I, I got this in the mail yesterday. Yeah. Very attractive Another, another card. Yeah. Another big, mm-hmm. big, hard, almost cardboard glossy. Yeah. Card. Oh, wait. I got got this in the mail yesterday. Oh, another nice, attractive young lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in the wrong business. Yeah. We need to be in the in the uh, uh, political ad printing. I'm telling you. Those... Printing postal business. My God. Aaron. Save those, though, because I use those to clean the keyboard on my computer. <laughs> oh, They're good yes. for that. They're real good for well, that. Here, here's, okay, in, in political They're candidates. They're wasting their money. I political hate to say candidates, that. Let me, let me, I set these on the dining room table because I thought, I, I'm going to bring these in this morning. Mm-hmm. So when my when my wife came home, uh, she we're, we're kind of talking, you know, and, and she just starts picking them up, starts folding them up and putting it's them in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't look at the first look one. Right. People don't. They don't. Realize. And I said, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Oddly enough, don't throw that away. <laughs> I'm bringing them to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's Aaron. It's I try to tell. God. And, and, I, and I'm sorry to the direct mail people, but I try to tell anybody that's oh, a friend oh, of mine that's running for office game. that you you... Maybe five percent of them get read. Maybe, and I guess That's it's a numbers game. That's why they're they're blasting them out. And the people that do read them are older folks, and those folks vote. So you you yeah, know you yeah. got to hone in. You got to hone in on who votes. So I understand that, but I think, man, the time for those are is kind of over. I hate to say it. <laughs> I hate to say it. Like a newspaper ad. Hey, be nice. Oh, be nice. Daniel Erspalmer going to join us. Uh, We're talking tax reform coming up after the break. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. 
No, 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 not yet, my young man. Hold on, I got to do this now, don't I? <laughs> this, is, this is, where's Ruben? Where's Ruben? <laughs> let's try this. All right, let's hold, you ready? Crush your face. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Daniel Erspommer from the Pelican Institute. Daniel, let me let me just let me start with let me start with this. We have in Louisiana, we're the proud owners of the highest state and sales tax percentage in the country. Almost 10%. We're knocking on the door at 10%. But the good news is, uh, you know, at least we have the best roads in the nation. Mm-hmm. And, and we have the best, best parks. Best schools. We have yeah. the best education system. Mm-hmm. So we're paying the highest, but we've got such a good return on it. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's clear to, to every taxpayer in the state. And, and let's add to that. Not only uh, are we the highest... As we look at the couple of states that are closest to us in that sales tax rate, guess what? None of them pay an income tax. Uh, so, so clearly, we're getting the best of all worlds here. So, when you talk about budget reform, oh, where do where do where do we start? Yeah. Well, a, a couple of recommendations. The first is we've we've you know, and this was a, certainly a big debate in the last session, and I think. Honestly, I think that's why that budget number in the poll is is as high as it is, because people don't spend their time, shockingly, thinking about the state budget very often. Um, but but that was, you know, there was a big fight over this in the legislature earlier this spring. And uh, so we start with a meaningful expenditure limit that says government cannot grow faster than its population and inflation. It's very simple. You know, I don't know about you, but my household budget has not nearly doubled in the last eight years. Mm-mm. I suspect that's true for most families <laughs> and most folks listening here. Yeah. And yet that's what happened to the state budget. So As people were fleeing the state. As we get that right. As we have fewer and fewer citizens to provide services for. Exactly right. The third highest out migration in the country. We are only behind California and Illinois. It, it, you know, it's it, we talk about this a lot. When we talk and lots of debate around what legacy we're going to leave. But the truth is, in Louisiana, our legacy is, is leaving in our kids and grandkids who go to Texas and Tennessee and Florida and other places uh, to find opportunity because it's not here. But there's no reason it shouldn't be here. I mean, uh, let me just pause with a, a note of optimism here. We have all the assets we could want in this state. Five of the top 15 ports in the country, the most active natural gas sector, some of the most oil refineries of any state in the country, the Mississippi River, uh, access to uh, ready land and water, and a culture that brings people all across the state of Louisiana by the millions. There is no reason we can't be successful but for bad policy decisions. The good news of that is we can change that. And let that's me, the charge for this next governor and legislature. Let me ask you then, Daniel. You are a very wise man, but you are you're at a, essentially a think tank, I guess, if you would be an activist group. How are you going to get them to buy in? What we've we've heard these messages over and over. Yeah, I like but, what you're saying. But yeah, but you've yeah. got to have some some folks to lead the charge. Do you think are you optimistic about that now? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, these are not new ideas. Obviously, we have done the deep research to make sure to figure out how to do them. But, but these ideas, we, we've known these are the right ideas for a long time. So your, your question is absolutely right. Here's my answer. The first is, I think for the first time in a long time, both candidates and voters know we're at a critical juncture. We've got to make changes now, and it can't be small ones. We've got to make big ones. Uh, the other point in our poll was six over 60% of almost 70% of voters said those issues, tax, budget, education, have a major impact on their who they decide to support in this election. So there's two things we do. The first is, as candidates in this home stretch are coming, and for those folks listening and knocking on your door and asking you for your vote or asking you for money or whatever it may be, Ask them where they stand on these issues. Will you phase out the income tax? And not Will replace it with a new tax. Amen. Yes. That's right. that's, but if we don't ask them now when they're asking for our vote, they don't know that that's what we want. And then when the legislature gavels in, you know, for those folks who want to join us at pelicanpolicy.org, sign up. One of the things we do is say, hey, these issues we've been talking about, they're about to vote on this. You might want to call your legislator. Here's, here's their contact information. That's what it's going to take, Daniel. It's going to take people deciding we're going to get active. We're not going to, because all of us get up and go to our jobs every day and and then when it comes time to vote, oh, we might study it for a minute or two and then we'll go vote. And then we go back to our job. We go vote. Yeah. Well, Daniel, let me ask you, when we're talking about eliminating the, the personal income tax and you say we don't need to you know, replace it, replace mm-hmm. it with another tax, how, where's that money coming from then? Because a, a legislator is going to say you can't write off what, you know, $500 million of what or whatever the revenue is and not yep. replace it. You're going to have to cut services. Again, all we have to do is not grow them faster than the economy, right? So here's what happens, and, and we detail this for those who want to read it. Again, pelicanpolicy.org. Aaron, as you said, it's 36 pages, so, you know, mm-hmm. if you're looking to take a nap, you can yes. <laughs> read a few pages. And, and But but here's, here's why we went into such detail to answer that very question. The, the income tax in this last year brought in roughly about $4.5 billion. And so the, the question billion is, with a as B. you say, mm-hmm. billion with a B. Okay, thank you. By the way, eight years ago, this was about $3.5 billion. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you look at if we had just constrained growth in the past, what we could have done. But let's look forward. So all this requires, again, the state grew at a much faster rate than that. What Again, as, as we model this, what our numbers tell us, even just step one of this, which is get to a flat tax and then begin to phase out, just getting to a flat tax, is 4,000 new workers and taxpayers and a billion dollars of new economic activity. Mm. What that means is more people paying taxes into the system, more growth of jobs in the economy, and these begin to snowball. And as the economy grows, you continue to very thoughtfully and, and, and intentionally lower that rate. Automatically, by law, use those surpluses every year. By the way, last year's surplus, which they went ahead and spent surplus in excess, was over $3 billion. That would have been enough almost to get rid of the whole thing. Mm. So if you had economic growth and you constrained spending, you end up with a surplus. You use that surplus to buy down the rate over time, and it just goes and starts to snowball. We have all the numbers laid out in this paper, but it's amazing you can do this by... Growing the economy, again, answering the question, how do we solve the problem for Louisiana's families, not Louisiana government? Mm -hmm. But the amazing thing is, by doing that, you also solve government's problem. Well, Daniel, obviously, you just, you need to run for governor. (laughs) 
What are you doing? What are you doing at the Pelican Institute? Well, as, uh, occasionally I will get that question, and my answer is I really like being married, um, so I will not be running for governor. However. We've talked to all the candidates who are running for governor. We've talked to just about every candidate running for the legislature um, and shared these ideas. And I can tell you, look, there's there's certainly plenty of people who don't agree, but there's enthusiasm for doing something. And, and there's enthusiasm for figuring this problem out. Yeah. We're not going to be the only ones who release the plan, and that's great. Let's mm-hmm. have this debate. Let's figure it out together. But the only way we do that, we figure, is we've got to put a stake in the ground, say, yes, it can be done, and here's how you do it. You got a better idea? Great. Let's do it. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. We're game for whoever has the right idea to get the economy moving again, to get our kids and grandkids back and stop the brain drain. Daniel Palmer with the Pelican Institute. Thank you, sir, from your mouth to God's ears. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Daniel. Hey. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. T-G-I-F. Congrats to Captain Shreve. They beat Bird last night. Enough said. Um, <laughs> Houghton Parkway tonight, I believe. It's a big rivalry game. Oh, my gosh. Big. This kid from Airline High School, mm-hmm. Aaron, the quarterback, threw seven touchdowns in the first half. Wow. Wow. High school. You, they, they never, It was just run the ball because you didn't have, yeah. you know, you didn't have kids that could actually throw the ball. And, and kids and, that could run the routes. Run and, the, and, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, so Airline's it's, it's got a pretty, different game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a big rivalry, ri- I can't say rivalry week. Rivalry week. Rivalry week, yeah. Rivalry so. weekend. Now, there are things I can't say. You went to, did you go to Parkway for a minute? No. You never did? No, okay. I went to um, Curtis Elementary. Okay. And Sun City, but then we moved into Bozier and I went to Russian Junior High. Okay, and if you had stayed, you would have gone to what? Oh, Bozier High School, that's right. Okay. I was I was at Bozier High School through my sophomore year, then we moved to North Shreveport and okay. I went to Northwood. My junior and senior year. Okay. Does Bozier care who wins between Houghton Parkway? Does Bozier High folks? Oh, I don't know. They don't care probably? No. Doesn't matter? Yeah. Because uh, I know that's a big rivalry game in the, for Bozier Parish schools. So we'll keep an eye on that. But Bozier I used to, to be powerhouse. Oh, yeah. Um, used to, I, yeah, you bet. Used to be powerhouse. Mm-hmm. I, most definitely. And, you know, maybe one day they will again. Who knows? You never know. Things change. They absolutely do. Absolutely do do that. No doubt about it. We've got a busy 7 o'clock hour. We're going to be talking about um, uh, folks that want to increase your gas tax. Um, They want to talk about uh, streamlining our tax code, making it easier for businesses to do business. Uh, The folks from Lobby. That's got to be done, though, Aaron. We've got to to figure out how to spur economic growth in mm-hmm. this state right we've got to bring i mean i sound like i sound like i'm running for office mm-hmm. we've got to bring jobs back we have to and jobs industry, will solve yes. a lot of problems you that bet. we have including People, crime kids will stay here families will stay here and they will start making improvements when the more people you have the more they look around and go hey let's do things here let's make let's make this a great community that's, That's why I get so excited happens. with things like the, you know, the Amazon facility. 
that comes. Uh, the, I mean, even even Diamond Jack's being redone into a huge hiring opportunity. You bet. Uh, in, in bringing more things at Rev Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Let's revitalize these areas. Absolutely. Bring jobs in. That's why I get so excited about economic development mm-hmm. for this area. Yes. Yes, we'll be talking more about that. We are so logistically positioned that there's no reason that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be Dallas. Yes, exactly. We've got a north-south corridor. We've got an east-west, huge east-west corridor. I mean, come on, folks. Mm -hmm. Let's get our together. (laughs) Mike and McCarty, (laughs) 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio. I know. Marie. Look at me. Look at Marie. Look at me. Hold on, let me get this turned up here. Mike Marie McCarty Santani. and Marie. Yeah. Mike McCarty and Marie. Mm-hmm. You can make it a permanent thing. Marie Santani from Lobby. Joining us this morning. Uh thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Did Thanks we offer for you coffee us. or anything? You did not, but it's okay. Dang. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me go to go to a break so I can run down and get her coffee as well as yours. You've got a yeah. new report out yes. um that has got a lot of recommendations, things yes. that we can do better. And and we've heard it from a lot of different groups. One of the biggest is simplify our tax code. Amen keep hearing that over yeah. and over this ain't my first rodeo yes do you have any leaders that are going to take that ball and run with it i think we do and let me back up a bit so this is lobby's la 23 strategic plan mm-hmm. for those listening um it is a set of 30 ish recommendations that come from a series of it's, it's been about a year in the works surveying our members which lobby has about two thousand members large businesses small businesses major employers across the state uh, stakeholder surveys, and then analysis from expert consultants outside of the state. So there's there's inside eyes and there's outside eyes mm-hmm. on what are we doing that's working well that maybe we need to pound an energy drink and amplify it. <laughs> what are we doing that is off? And what, what are we, we not doing, doing that's working well? A lot in the education space. A lot in the education space. Uh, we just need to do more of it and figure out how to amplify it. And I'll say... Uh, the biggest thing on the education front, there's four, there's four issue areas they focused on. Education, workforce development is probably mm-hmm. the biggest. Tax climate, uh, business climate and tax structure, mm-hmm. which I know you're very interested in. Safety and resiliency, which traditionally has not been a lobby issue. Right. But more and more things like health outcomes for the workforce, how healthy our population is, how safe our population is, becomes a business issue and becomes an impediment to business. And the final one is economic development. So on that education front, there's a heavy focus, and I particularly love this. I come from a small town. I was in Vermilion Parish growing up in Abbeville, not exposed to a lot of careers. There was no corporate life in Abbeville, sure. a lot of agriculture, a lot of, you know, the small town professions that you see. There's a call for early exposure to career opportunities in high school, in middle school, mm-hmm. apprenticeship opportunities. How do you how do you get folks to buy into that? They're actually starting that right now. Kate Brumley, is our superintendent of education, is looking at how – the mechanisms can be put in place to allow things like students doing uh, clinicals in the medical field. Right now, legally, that's a that's a huge liability to have anyone under 18, you know, in that kind of a setting. But it's going to take a lot of private sector cooperation to provide those opportunities. And I'll say 
in this report, it is about 30 recommendations. They're mm-hmm. not all legislative. Right. Some are legislative. Some are for Bessie. Some are for the Board of Regents. A lot is going to depend on a strong governor sitting down with their transition team and starting to look at some of these things. And then some are on the private sector to just mm-hmm. come in and in the Chamber of Commerce world provide that connectivity and those ideas and those solutions. On the business front, the, the survey says that this is so frightening to me. 87% of our business leaders say our business climate is getting worse. Yep. How so? I mean, what what are the issues that is really at making them say that if you would if you'd pick your top three when we talk to our members um the cost of insurance is the probably mm. the biggest and some of that comes with with the cost of your property insurance and a lot of that is driven by litigation so you'll see in here a recommendation to continue the tort reform efforts that we've been are you working with tim temple Oh, yes. Have you mm-hmm. already been One of our first phone calls. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And that's the phase that we're in right now. It's actually why I'm in town. Uh, we sat with some legislators here in Shreveport yesterday, but we've been sitting in small groups walking through these recommendations. And I can tell you there's nothing but excitement. There's a little trepidation when we get to the gas tax, mm-hmm. but there's also hope that if we can start with a good scrub of DOTD, and a hard look at how they prioritize projects and what goes into making the decisions of where the money gets spent. Once we set that table, I think people are willing to talk about how do we permanently look at funding infrastructure in Louisiana. Okay, you're, you also have a recommendation here. You brought up crime, so I'm going to go there because this is an interesting point in your report. Increase penalties for and focus more law enforcement resources on violent and habitual offenders. Yes. We just changed that course a few years ago with Justice Reinvestment and said, oh, we don't want to, we want to, you know. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We want to get them help and not lock everybody up. Are you changing the course of that now? I think we're refocusing it. I think especially looking at the violent crime and repeat offenders. And more than that, looking at the judiciary too. That whole pipeline of not just law enforcement, but the prosecutors, the DAs, the judges. Do we have enough transparency to understand where we're doing things right and wrong or could be could be a little bit uh, more aggressive in terms of keeping our people safe. We're the only state, I believe, in the country that does not allow cameras in the courtroom. Is that something we should look at? Could that shine a light on that whole area? That's an interesting concept. As a former TV reporter, I love that idea. Why, um, why aren't we doing it? We're the last state to do it now, it looks like. For, I, now, they don't do it for all sure. trials, but we don't allow them at all. And I'm curious. I'm just curious. I, I know that's not in your report. I was just throwing that out there. Let's 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 you and me dig into that. On the we side. will absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're in studio with uh, Marie Santani from Lobby, uh, Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. Mike McCarty in studio. Marie Santani from Lobby joining us this morning. Marie, uh, of the list of recommendations, of course, we've got to talk about the gas tax. Your former former president, Stephen Wagespach, now candidate for governor, mm-hmm. says he is opposed to the raising the gas tax. I think they all have. 
They, yeah, well, John Wilson, who sat on this radio station many times, he wanted to increase. He it. wanted, right. yeah. He, now he he's running to. for governor, and he doesn't. So. Election season, yeah. changes. It's interesting when animals. he was with the DOTD, he wanted to increase the gas. Yes, tax. he did many times. He told me that. But, but now that he's a candidate, mm-hmm. no, no new taxes. But you guys, you're a business group, and you're advocating for higher taxes. Have you lost your freaking mind? What are we doing? <laughs> yes, in Let's the past talk about economic development and the Louisiana tax strike. And why businesses don't want to come here? There are but so we many want to reasons. Increase taxes. So many reasons. Sorry. Well, it's more a look and a recognition that we have not adequately addressed how we fund transportation in Louisiana. The gas tax is one mechanism. Uh, you can argue that maybe it's obsolete as fuel efficiency, you know, increases. That maybe it's not the best source of revenue. But regardless, we have not touched it in more than thirty years. It's twenty cents a gallon. And what about EVs? Exactly. And that those recommendations are in here as well. Uh, 20 cents a gallon, 16 cents of that actually goes allegedly towards building roads. The other four cents goes to paying off the debt on the timed program. And it's still not even adequately paying off the debt. So we have to reach into that 16 to cover. But we did we did pass a bill that put 70 percent of the sales tax on car sales. Right. To roads. Is that not going to be nearly enough, then? Not even close. It is not enough. It's a nice little piecemeal thing, but it's going to take a comprehensive look at what are we doing with electric vehicles. There's not even really a mechanism for DOTD, OMV, to tell you how many we have on the roads. That's not, that's not, that information's not captured. So a lot needs to be done in terms of. What are we doing about electric electric and hybrid vehicles? What are we doing about the fuel tax? Should we increase it? Should we in, in, uh, index it for inflation? And then how do we account for businesses that rely heavily on transportation and have high fuel costs uh, so that we're not hurting them as we look at this? Like these EV charging stations. Right. St. Vincent Mall has some. I think they're specifically for Tesla. Are, is there... How do the how do those work? Are they charged? I mean, obviously, when you're at the gas pump, you watch your, you know, you watch your dollars clinging Ting away. Up, yeah, yeah. With the, with the EVs charging stations, how do those work? Are is there a tax associated with that? And what about people that are charging their vehicles in their homes? I don't believe that that's captured. They did put a fee on your license right. that you have to pay extra if you have an electric car, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think no. it was sufficient. No, it's not. And when you look, when you back up and look at why do we need to fund our infrastructure better, we, we've got, I think, the eighth lowest infrastructure funding in the country and some of the worst roads. I mean, we get a D. We get a D on all the reports. A D? We did that well? Oh, I know. That's the, maybe an improvement. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. um, I know here I was talking to someone who said, you know, with this work on I-20, used to spend 15 minutes driving to work. Now it's more than an hour. And those are the costs that even if we're not paying a gas tax now, we're paying for not properly funding infrastructure. Okay. The delays, the safety, the wear and tear in your vehicle, mm-hmm. we're paying, some argue, more now for not having adequate funding. Marie, I'm trying to sniff something out of your report. So let's oh, see. Here's there's a lot. Can, it's lengthy. I haven't, I haven't told you this one yet. Here it we says go. Louisiana's 48th for job growth. 47th for population growth and 48th for wage growth. Yes. So when I see 48th for wage growth, I see you saying, without saying, increase the minimum wage. No. That's You're not, not there yet. That's not what we're saying. We're focused more on maximum skill okay. than minimum wage. I wanted to make sure and I wasn't in reading. that okay. talent development recommendation are specific ways that from birth through adulthood, we are looking at make sure, making sure our citizens are ready for the opportunities that are coming, whether that's 
early education so they're ready for school to do well. Very good, robust uh, systems in elementary school so they're ready for high school. Leave high school ready for whatever's next. And leave higher education ready to enter the workforce, ready to live life and take advantage of what's there. A lot of upskilling, a lot of reskilling later in life. Looking at making sure that we're, we are um, adequately making use of our veteran population to keep them here. We have a lot of bases. We have a lot of extra people in state are we tapping into that to have those skills in our job market? Well, and I and like looking at you, reentry for prisoners. As what well. you said earlier about introducing, you know, to actual job skills. Yes. Not just, you know, you said you were from a small town. Yeah. You know, there was no industry. There was no corporate life. No there. corporate life, right? And I and I like introducing people to that and get their expectations. If they don't know what's out there. They're not going to, re, you know, try to reach for it. It might be a dream you don't even know you want to pursue. Exactly. When did you know you wanted to be in news? Mm. Oh, I'm not in news. I mean, I'm in. No, I know what you're saying. Let me, yeah. In high school, I knew I wanted to be in radio back in high school. Mm-hmm. Let Absolutely. me throw a hammer or a crowbar or whatever you throw in the mix here. Uh, I don't know what you're going to throw at me. I'm, I'm going to throw a wrench. Is it a wrench? I, I see a lot of objects in front of you. I don't know what you're throwing. I do throw things every now and then. Uh, you're not going to have a governor that's going to sign a bill that increases the gas tax. You're just not going to get a governor that's going to do that. You worried about that? I am optimistic on that front. I think that there's a universal recognition. And I'll tell you the conversations we've been having. And a lot of them are they're closed door and it's among friends. And so they can speak freely. They they recognize it's time for it and they want it. They don't want to be out there doing it alone. And so what Lobby can do as an organization is give a little bit of that cover, give a little bit of that public education on why we get there. But it starts with trust. It starts with trust at DOTD. It starts with strong leadership from our next governor, top down cabinet level decisions that set the stage for the public to be comfortable with investing in that's an interesting point because there is no trust there yeah. is no trust right now right. from you know if from baton rouge and how how is a new governor going to build that trust we are watching and eagerly waiting to see uh who it is that we will be working with but we do plan to ideally have a seat at the transition table but we're having those conversations with candidates right now and how we and I know this is not in your sandbox, but how do how do we how are we assured that if we do get on board and we say, Okay, gas tax, it's time that they're gonna use the money like we want them to use it to fix the damn roads. Yep. Do you have to edit that out? Is that okay? <laughs> is that no, a lie? Okay. <laughs> watch your damn language. You know, you know what Please. I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what yeah. we all are worried about. And that's why it starts with a hard look at D O T D and um really making sure that that organization and the legislators have said that's step one like if we're going to get on board step one is what's happening in the department and what's happening in how we choose which projects to prioritize you know in the old days it's well let's put something in every district so Mm -hmm. everybody will be happy is that the best way to do it there are other states that have models and i'll say this report is peppered with examples on all fronts from other states that have done things well and so a lot of this is just borrowing from people who've done it well, not reinventing the wheel. Um, there are other states who look at return on investment and safety and need in terms of deciding what projects they fund. Wouldn't that be great? Mm, yeah, no doubt. Hope you'll come back again soon. I would love to come back. Thank you for being here. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Great job. And you did it without coffee. I'm, I just, <laughs> you should see me with coffee. <laughs> Marie Santani, Micah McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. 
back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Turn this on. So, uh, the missus mm-hmm. going out of town. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're not supposed I'm, to jump up and cheer. I didn't. I'm sitting in this chair. <laughs> but I already mowed. I do need to mow the backyard. Okay. I have some honeydews. I've got some chores. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole lot more sitting around when, when, when the wife's not home. Death. It's a Tiger football weekend, too. F1, F1 race in mm-hmm. Japan this weekend. Yep. LSU. LSU, LSU six, six o'clock. Six o'clock kickoff. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And it's and, at home. And you know, I think. Or, or are we at Arkansas? No, we're at home. We are at home. And, and I think my, my sausage balls this weekend are going to be made from uh, beef because I don't want any pork in the house this weekend. No pork sausage. No hogs. No hogs. <laughs> not. So it's going to be but beef so you sausage can, You balls. can go, I'm eating these hogs. I'm eating them. I need tigers to, I need eating them to, these I hogs. I need them to throw. I need them for throwing. So I hope we can beat I'm going to go get some fixings. I haven't made sausage balls, I okay. don't think, since last year. Ooh. It's been way too long. Yeah, it has been way too long. It's, like, it's time. Yeah, it's I'm, time. I'm going to make some sausage balls. Uh, air conditioners for free for anybody. Yeah. Is that coming? Yeah, let's just, well, they're not free. I want to talk about that next. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, we get, we give away free cell phones. We, we're, we're paying for Ring cameras. Ring cameras. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're paying for probably utility assistance. Yes. You know, rent. Paying for rent. Mm-hmm. We're paying for food. Why not give away free air conditioners? Or mm. is enough enough? Well, the, the Caddo Commission had a proposal to spend about 200 grand on air conditioners for folks who were elderly or disabled who were in owner-occupied homes, so not rental units. So if you owned your own home and you were elderly or disabled, it originally didn't have elderly and disabled on it. I think they amended it uh, to that. Um, But it still failed uh, on a six-to-five vote. There's still five commissioners who think it would be a good idea to use about $200,000 in public money to pay for air conditioners. Though when I looked at the, the proposal, it didn't have any methodology for how the program was going to be run who would administer it Uh, are you creating another government bureaucracy to hand out air conditioners Uh, i just think that's better left to the private sector to you know non-profit groups right exactly government or or a church organization Mm -hmm. to, to step up right to help those who are in need. Uh, and the commission voted it down. And, you know, when we were talking about it back in the summer when it was so hot, it was like by the time you pass this, right. it's already going to have cooled off and it's a, a moot point. And if you want to look at it for next year, now's the time to maybe look at it for next year so you're ready and the program is up and going by the mm-hmm. time we get to the hot months. And And let's see if you can find private dollars for it. If you can find private dollars for it, Absolutely. Whole different ball game. Absolutely. I'll donate some money myself to give somebody an air. In fact, you know what? I will buy an air conditioner and Mike Martindale will buy an air conditioner. 
if somebody will organize and, yes. and set up an, an actual program, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you bet. I'm in. A couple hundred bucks. I'll take care of mine. You take care of yours. Sure. We'll buy one. If it's an organization that's doing it, and there are hundreds of us in the community that would do that, um, you just shouldn't use government money. And, that, and the commission... Don't force me. Yeah. To do it. Right. Exactly. I, I know that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but don't, it, it's like the, you know, it's like the vaccine. Don't tell me I have to do yes. this government issued mandate. Mm-hmm. No. And it's no, not sir. the purpose of government. It really isn't to, to go out because what would they buy next? I mean, we know they're buying cell phones. What is, what is going to be next? Well, what, what, if my car is not air conditioned, are you going to get air conditioned in my car next? Or how about a car? I don't have a car. Oh. I have to take the bus. I need a car. Are we buying cars? Well, Ooh. Aaron, why not? That could be next. I, you know, I just think let's take care of the basic needs to keep our community safe and and take care of our roads and our crime issues. And let's, you know, if you want to spearhead an effort with the private sector and nonprofits, that's fine and dandy. Get them to the table. Get the community foundation and others to the table and say, look, we need to pay for two hundred air conditioners next year. Find but, the money. But, but see, now we're opening an, 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 an entirely new Pandora's box with, okay, I don't look. Obviously, there are people who need assistance. Mm-hmm. There are people who Absolutely. that cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. By all means, we're a civilized society. Yes. But we have fostered now multi-generations of people. And I'm not talking race. I'm talking people who expect to be taken care of i got a text if someone can't afford a 200 hundred dollar air conditioner how can they afford to run it it'll so then dramatically are we pay their utility bills are, are we going to do that is that next it's just a better function of nonprofits and the private sector not government we yeah. cannot keep growing government and adding new things to government's plate thank you Mikey McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Now, more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, I lost a toe. Did you? Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, coming out of your money. There's, there's, Uh-oh. A, there's a little uh, truck. You can drive a truck through that dead air that I <laughs> that I had. I was focusing on something else over here. Uh oh. Uh oh. Ruben's not here. Focus. But most, Focus. Most, most people know that now. Yeah. He's been on vacation all week. This is your last day. Uh, He'll be back Monday. He's had a lovely trip. I don't know if you followed, but they've had a lovely trip to Arkansas. So Good. They've had well, some fun. And, and Ruben deserves it. Just by golly. He and the wife. I think he taught their puppy to swim. Did they bring the kid? Or No, no. They oh, didn't bring nice. the kids. And they took the puppy. And I didn't want to tell them, you don't have to teach a dog to swim. They know that automatically. Don't they? Don't dogs think so. instinctively know how to swim? Did he say know. he was going to teach his dog to swim? Well, they said that the, the wifey poo said, we taught Lucy to swim. <laughs> I think she knows what how she, to swim. Did they have on little doggy floaties? <laughs> no, no doggy floaties. No doggy. But they, they're putting little up beautiful pictures. Yeah. And and there was a, a piece that came out um, this week. Um, I don't do much Instagram at all. But a lot of people do a lot of selfies on Instagram, and I don't know how much you do, but no, they I came don't. out with the top three locations 
for Instagram photos. Okay. And they were kind of surprising. I was very surprised. The bathroom? No. Oh. No. Number three was Clearwater Beach, Florida. You know, from the beach. A lot of them were tow pictures. Um, number two. <laughs> right, right. Number two was very surprising. Lake Michigan. A lot of people take pictures when they're at Lake Michigan. Okay. And number Never one. Never been to either one of these so far. You haven't been to Clearwater Beach? Oh, you need to go. It's beautiful. Number one. Um, I've only flown over this one. Lake Tahoe. Number one. Based on hashtags. And so those are the top three. Well, thank you very much. I've uh, never been. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel and the free Keel app, Mike and McCarty. Happy freaking Friday. Mm-hmm. So yesterday was the uh, bond proposal committee meeting. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they have a weekly meeting. And yesterday... Is that... Is that... Um, no TH in that phrase, apparently. Is that... Is, is that right? That, that's right. That right? Mm-hmm. Um, it now, is... Water and sewage was the, the main topic mm-hmm. on this meeting yesterday. Each week, they're focusing in on one department. Like, what are your... What's your wish list? And I... I have been asking each week, you know, let me see the list for the for this week, what, what's going before this committee. And um, Tom Dark, ever efficient that he is, I didn't even <laughs> ask for it yesterday, but I looked in my email. He goes, I know you're going to ask for it, so here it is. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so love he that. sent it to me, and I started to look at it. Mikey Poo. Wait, did I just call you Mikey Poo? <laughs> it's okay. I've been called worse. I promise you. It's $140 million. Just water and sewage. Just water and sewage. Yes. You can see the full list at keelnews.com. I don't want to get into the weeds, but it's new water towers. That's one of the things that's new on there. Water new water towers. Yeah. Not just repainting these it, rust buckets that we have. It, it's asking for new. Now, could you refurb them and do it cheaper? I don't know. But if you think back to two years ago when we said no to all the bond, ish, um, bond right, proposals except right. police and fire. Um, Which was a previous administration. Mm-hmm. Mind you, today's water and sewer needs are $140 million. Take a guess what was the water and sewer bond proposal from two years ago. So it's $140 million today. Today. Mm-hmm. Uh, $60 million. $65 million. 65 okay. Which was two years ago. Now... I'm not saying this all this all 140 million is going to go on a bond package because the bond committee will probably pare it down. Uh, the city council may pare it down. The mayor could still pare it down and say, look, that's too much. Let's give me your best 80 million mm-hmm. projects and let's whittle it down to that. But it's sad to see we have 140 million dollars in needs in our water and sewer department. It includes it looks like new lines throughout Broadmoor. That's one of the things on the list. You can see the list on what neighborhoods are getting that's, new that, water that, and sewer that's lines. That's 30 years past due. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't drive through Broadmoor without seeing, oh, there's a water main break. Mm-hmm. That there's a huge hole or, or a crew working or one of the streets. It's, it's one of the streets is torn up. Day. It happens all the time. And so they're working on, you know, putting that package together. What will end up being the final project pro- product? We don't know yet. Um, but I, I find it interesting though that I, cause I went back and looked cause you know, I, uh, 
I just love getting into the weeds on all this stuff. And I went back and looked at the $65 million that was voted down. Right. And some of the things that were on that bond issue, uh, there was some work at the Amos Water Treatment Plant that was on that bond issue. And um, we're currently right now in the middle of a Amos Water Treatment Plant upgrade to the tune of $35 million. That bond issue didn't pass. So methinks, where'd we get the money? Well, they found it in a couch cushion in the lobby of the city hall. Yeah, they found $35 million. Mike, that's my problem. If you already had the money or you were able to dig it up somewhere, maybe they got some state money, maybe they got some federal money, I don't know. But let's exhaust all those piles of cash first. Let's go through every couch cushion first before you come to me for more money. You found the money for Amos. What would we have done if we voted on it? We wouldn't have just asked for federal money or state money or wherever we got this other pile of money? I mean, that's the thing. Did you ask Tom yet? I have not yet. I haven't gone there yet. I, 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 I'm I, going to pose that question to I the mean, bond study. I mean, that's a pretty substantial amount of money to, yeah. to go, oh, 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 look what we've found. Well, look what we've got. And when I heard, when I when I saw them reference that we're doing a $35 million upgrade to the Amos treatment plant, I went and looked on that bond commission, that bond proposal from two years ago, and I went, this looks very similar. <laughs> Where did we find the money? So I want to make sure these projects that, I mean, is there money for water tower replacement? Is there federal money? Is there state money that we could get? Capital mm-hmm. outlay money. Let's make sure we have exhausted everything before you come to me for higher taxes. I definitely think we need new water towers. Definitely. We, definitely. But would you I rather like new water there. lines in Broadmoor or new water? T- One's got to go. One's got to be cut. Which well, one do you course, want to cut? Of course, my my d- would say water lines in Broadmoor. Right. That's so those. they're going to have to hone in yeah. and see what's well, let, most important. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Now, we've been talking for several weeks about the clown circus downtown mm-hmm. that's running our city. Yep. This 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 seven-member clown show. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any changes that have been made as far as the the chairman. No, that's not changed. I haven't heard of any any personnel changes. Now, obviously, staff, yes. I think the dynamics have changed dramatically. I think you're going to find out. Are you going to support the the bond proposal? With, with the way things stand today, if nothing changes with the city council? Um, I'm going to leave that out right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait because they'll have a chairman change at the new year when they, they typically do. And this bond proposal will be after that. So if they and there's can, no term limits on electing a chairman, is that correct? No, I mean, but they, they could keep they, electing the same person over and they over. They typically don't. They t- well, they years, have. In years they past, have on this one. In the history of it, going back 40 years, and this is probably right or not right, I don't know, they've had a, a black chairman, white chairman, black chairman, white chairman. This council about four years ago well, changed that. It's not going to happen. They changed that. And they and they have had James Green's in his second year as chairman. Um, Grayson Butcher, he's in his second term. He's never been chairman. I would ask why. I would I would like to know why. Mm-hmm. Why has Grayson Butcher never been chairman? Um, Tabitha Taylor's vice chairman now, so she would likely move up. But then I would say, is that appropriate? I would say it would either be Tabitha Taylor or Alan Jackson. 
that's probably if, if what's were, going to happen. If I were to lay money on it, that's what I would say. That's probably what's going to or happen. Or James Green for a third one. Now, James Green for a third one, I'm going to tell you today, I'm a no. No on the bond issue. Um, he is not I, the leader I want running my city. I, I have to agree. And I'm, I don't want to give him another dime. Uh, he needs to step back, take a more low-key role, um, pray about what's going on if he needs to, because he's not been truthful or honest on several fronts. And I don't trust him. I don't trust him to give him enough money to give him any money to I'm, go out and spend it wisely. Well, I'm sorry. There's very few that I do trust. That, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Absolutely. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710keel.com. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Happy Friday. I got a notification yesterday that was like, Bulletin, 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 big news, big news, big news in the oh, governor's really? race. Yeah. And it said, look who won this endorsement. And I thought, huh, okay, let me check it out. And it was Stephen Wagespack getting the endorsement of NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune, essentially. Right, right. And they wrote that he has got the um, the will and the know-how to change things that though he's not an insider with all the gunk on him that some of the other candidates they claim have he's enough of an insider that he knows how things work Mm -hmm. that he'll be able to get things done well and he comes from the business background Mm -hmm. and that's what we need does an endorsement like that matter though you know when they they send it out like when they send it out like big big do big do i don't know that it matters well Who's paying attention yet? That's the problem, Mike. It, Nobody's it, ready to pay attention right. yet. And they're, they're not caring yet. They're going to go decide in the last week or so. And some people, early voting, does it kick off, what, in a week? I think early voting is kicking off in a week. I think I may early vote this year. Really? I I, I may. I'm, I have been a staunch day of. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I hate mail-in ballots, period. Right. I, I think there's too much... Uh, opportunity for dishonesty. It, it's like the police chain of custody. If if you have a, a murder weapon that comes out of custody of the police department at any point, you can no longer use that mm. as evidence. Right. right. How is that a vote? One of the most sacred things that our nation has. Mm-hmm. And we're and we're just oh, let's drop it in this box. Yes. Now it's gone. There's no security for it. I'm not disparaging postal workers per no. se. I'm just saying chain of custody. Right. Mail-in voting, there's, there's too much of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, bar, and, and, and ballot harvesting. Right. It's another thing. You're letting somebody go and pick up votes? Really? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take it for you. Let me run this here to you. Oh, you know, I, I happen to work for this campaign, but uh, I'll take this vote for the other guy. It's I, I don't trust it. I really don't. 
but I don't know if these endorsements matter anymore. Like you pulled out a pile of those mail-in I got, uh, I got mailers. Like seven huge postal cards in the mail yesterday. I just don't think those matter anymore. Well, not to me they don't. I told you. I set them on the dining room table, and when my wife came in, she didn't even look at them. She just picked them up to throw them away. She wasn't she interested was in reading them. them. Not at all. I wasn't looking at the first one. There are not too many people that read them anymore. And the and only I, reason I set them on the table was because I wanted to bring them into work this morning. Mm-hmm. Not that I was going to look them over and go, well, what do they believe in? Right. Because Let me look I at these beautiful this. pictures. Right. This glossy printout. I like them because I clean my keyboard with them. It's that nice <laughs> card stock. Right. Yeah. It'll slip down between the keys Heavy, and you can glossy get the dust out. Stock. Yeah. That that's what, cheap. That's what I use them for. So keep them coming because I use them to clean my keyboard out. <laughs> Um, and then I toss them away after all four corners are toast. <laughs> right. I just think it's not, it's a, it's a way, it's hard now though. You, you have a shotgun to try to get your message out. You're trying to blast your shotgun in so many places and you got to pick and choose. And I think that one's kind of one of the ones on the way out. Yeah. Now I don't even know if a um, newspaper endorsement matters anymore. I mean, obviously NOLA's got a big digital imprint too, but will it? Will it change the tide for Waggus back? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We know Landry, front runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, by far. Yes. Waggus back was, was polling in the single digits. Mm-hmm. He was third, but he's still single digits. Yeah. And he's going to have to pick up steam here in the next few weeks. Or... Lundy, way down there, mm-hmm. even below him. Yep. Uh, and and um, um, Sharon Hewitt. Hewitt. Down I, there, I too. Richard yes. Nelson dropped out, uh, endorsed Landry. Um, will there be another dropout between now and Election Day? I'm not sure. I don't Again, know. the problem with that is even Richard Nelson's name is still on the ballot. People can still, who aren't paying attention, yep. can go, oh, cast a vote, and there's a wasted vote. Because some of the mail-in ballots are, are, are out there, and they've already voted for Richard Nelson, right, possibly. Exactly. So they got to leave it there. Mm. We're going to talk with um, her, Marie Santani from Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. Uh, after the local news, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free. with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So I turned on a little bit of the San Francisco Giants game. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was... <laughs> I didn't stay long just because I really didn't care about either team. You right, know, right. Uh, don't care who wins or loses. But I got to thinking, it, it's just interesting to me. I don't, I, I'm not really a beer drinker, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I didn't stop buying Bud Light because I didn't, never bought it to begin with. Exactly, yeah. Um, And I remembered, and I didn't consciously say, I'm not watching the NFL, all of this you know, bull schnozzle mm-hmm. forcing this woke left wing crap down our throats. I didn't consciously say I'm not doing it. I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. They pushed me away. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I, I And I noticed this last night. I thought, well, I turned it on, you know. Right, right. I mean, I grew up watching football. If if it you know if there was a game on you wanted it on exactly exactly and and I still don't buy Heinz products 
Mm. Now, if Teresa Hines Carey no longer owned the company, I would go, yeah, I'd love to buy Hines 57 again. But I'm not going to give her any of my nickels. I love my Heinz ketchup. I, Sorry. <laughs> so, I, I it was just interesting to me last night. I did notice. I didn't even pay attention that there was a game. Isn't that terrible? Well, and that's and that's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was int- that they that they're putting NFL games on Nickelodeon. <laughs> and I thought, wow, they are oh. so desperate to try to increase their audience mm-hmm. that they're they're targeting children now, and they even have the slime effects. Oh gosh! Like coming yeah. down on the announcers on yeah. yeah. Mm, boy. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. Oh, good luck. Uh, economic development for Louisiana tax structure. The gas tax increase. Going to talk about all that coming up. Uh, lobbies. Marie Santani joining us next. One hundred one seven FM seven ten keel Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio. And I, Marie, I, look at me. Look at Marie. Look at me. Hold on. Let me get this turned up here. Mike Marie McCarty Santani. and Marie. Yeah. Mike McCarty and Marie. We can make it a permanent thing. Marie Santani from Lobby. Joining us this morning. Uh, Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Did Thanks we offer for you coffee us. or anything? You did not, but it's okay. Dang. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me get a, go to sure a break thing. so I can run down and get her coffee as well as yours. You've got a Mary. new report out yes. um, that has got a lot of recommendations, things yes. that we can do better. And and we've heard it from a lot of different groups. One of the biggest is simplify our tax code. Amen. Keep hearing that over yeah. and over. This ain't my first rodeo. Yes. Do you have any leaders that are going to take that ball and run with it? I think we do. And let me back up a bit. So this is Lobby's LA23 strategic plan mm-hmm. for those listening. Um, it is a set of 30-ish recommendations that come from a series of, it's, it's been about a year in the works, surveying our members, which Lobby has about 2,000 members, large businesses, small businesses, major employers across the state. Uh, stakeholder surveys, and then analysis from expert consultants outside of the state. So there's there's inside eyes and there's outside eyes mm-hmm. on what are we doing that's working well that maybe we need to pound an energy drink and amplify it. <laughs> what are we doing that is off? And what, what are, are we, we not doing, doing that's working well? A lot in the education space. A lot in the education space. Uh, we just need to do more of it and figure out how to amplify it. And I'll say... Uh, the biggest thing on the education front, there's four there's four issue areas they focused on. Education workforce development is probably mm-hmm. the biggest. Tax climate, uh, business climate and tax structure, mm-hmm. which I know you're very interested in. Safety and resiliency, which traditionally has not been a lobby issue. Right. But more and more things like health outcomes for the workforce, how healthy our population is, how safe our population is, becomes a business issue and becomes an impediment to business. And the final one is economic development. So on that education front, there's a heavy focus, and I particularly love this. I come from a small town. I was in Vermilion Parish growing up in Abbeville, not exposed to a lot of careers. There was no corporate life in Abbeville, sure. a lot of agriculture, a lot of, you know, the small town professions that you see. There's a call for early exposure to career opportunities in high school, in middle school, mm-hmm. apprenticeship opportunities. How do you how do you get folks to buy into that? They're actually starting that right now. Kate Brumley, is our superintendent of education, is looking at how – the mechanisms can be put in place to allow things like students doing uh, clinicals in the medical field, 
right now legally that's a that's a huge liability to have anyone under 18 you know in that kind of a setting but it's going to take a lot of private sector cooperation to provide those opportunities and i'll say in this report it is about 30 recommendations they're mm-hmm. not all legislative right some are legislative some are for bessie some are for the board of regents a lot is going to depend on a strong governor sitting down with their transition team and starting to look at some of these things. And then some are on the private sector to just mm-hmm. come in and in the Chamber of Commerce world provide that connectivity and those ideas and those solutions. On the business front, the, the survey says that this is so frightening to me. 87% of our business leaders say our business climate is getting worse. Yep. How so? I mean, what what are the issues that is really at making them say that if you would if you'd pick your top three when we talk to our members um the cost of insurance is the probably mm. the biggest and some of that comes with with the cost of your property insurance and a lot of that is driven by litigation so you'll see in here a recommendation to continue the tort reform efforts that we've been are you working with tim temple oh yes have you mm-hmm. already been one talking of our first with him? phone calls yes. absolutely okay and that's the phase that we're in right now it's actually why i'm in town uh we sat with some legislators here in shreveport yesterday but we've been sitting in small groups walking through these recommendations and i can tell you there's nothing but excitement there's a little trepidation when we get to the gas tax mm-hmm. but there's also hope that if we can start with a good scrub of dotd and a hard look at how they prioritize projects and what goes into making the decisions of where the money gets spent. Once we set that table, I think people are willing to talk about how do we permanently look at funding infrastructure in Louisiana. Okay, you're, you also have a recommendation here. You brought up crime, so I'm going to go there because this is an interesting point in your report. Increase penalties for and focus more law enforcement resources on violent and habitual offenders. Yes, we just changed that course a few years ago with Justice Reinvestment and said, oh, we don't want to, we want to, you know. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We want to get them help and not lock everybody up. Are you changing the course of that now? I think we're refocusing it. I think especially looking at the violent crime and repeat offenders. And more than that, looking at the judiciary too. That whole pipeline of not just law enforcement, but the prosecutors, the DAs, the judges. Do we have enough transparency to understand where we're doing things right and wrong or could be could be a little bit uh, more aggressive in terms of keeping our people safe. We're the only state, I believe, in the country that does not allow cameras in the courtroom. Is that something we should look at? Could that shine a light on that whole area? That's an interesting concept. As a former TV reporter, I love that idea. Why, um, why aren't we doing it? We're the last state to do it now, it looks like. For, now, they don't do it for all sure. trials, but we don't allow them at all. And I'm curious. I'm just curious. I, I know that's not in your report. I was just throwing that out there. Let's 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 you and me dig into that on the. We side. will absolutely. Okay. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, I've uh, I've almost never been so happy to see a Friday. I've got to tell you. You're on the home stretch now. Oh, my god! You're getting pretty good at it here in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> what is wrong with you? When I when I did PA announcing for the Shreveport captains, mm-hmm. we had a few un, we had a few rules, unspoken rules. And one of the main rules was you never said, wow, game's going by fast tonight. We're going to get out of here early. <laughs> Extra innings is coming. Yeah. Boom. 
tied it up. Right. Now it's three to three. Mm-hmm. Ninth inning. Oh, look, it's the fourteenth inning. Nobody's even gotten a hit. Yep, you're you're toast. The, sta- the stand is empty. You know, yes. nobody. nobody it, it's eleven o'clock at night. Oh gosh, yeah. Now batting for the Shreveport Captains, <laughs> D. Dixon. By the way, Mudbug's back tonight, yes. tomorrow. Uh, they're home. home. They've been on. They've started the season already, but these are their first home games. So, Hirsch Coliseum, go Bugs! And, and let me and let me say, it, because there are a lot of people that have never been to a Mudbugs game. We in the South, if you grew up around here, you in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. especially. We didn't grow up with hockey. No, not at all. Don't know the first thing about hockey. What a successful group, man. But when you go and watch a live game, even if you've seen it on television, it's not the same. No. It's not. It really is. It is so exciting. It is so much fun. And, of course, I love it that it's cold in there. Yes, but it, it's it's a completely different game to watch, mm-hmm. and you get into it so and fast. We ended up going to a Dallas Stars game one time. Yep, had a great time. I do, and I encourage you if you've never been to the Mudbugs, maybe just go check it out. Mm-hmm. Go say, let me see what this is about because it, what a great organization. Yeah. We're like another thing. We're lucky to have them here. Absolutely, great prices on tickets, and they do so much fun entertainment too. Between the the sounds periods. like a commercial for the yeah. Mudbugs. It's not. It's just a really cool thing to have here. I love it when we have great things to go enjoy. Absolutely, no doubt. Great weekend in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU six o'clock. LSU. Yep, I'm gonna make beef sausage balls because it's not the weekend to make anything out of pigs. <laughs> LSU. There's there's a particular <laughs> announcement that LSU. The whole LSU, game. Yeah. LSU first down at the 23 oh, yard line. I'm like, no, it's not LSU. No, you, it's not. You Yahoo! Mm-hmm. It's LSU. I hope we don't have to throw sausage balls. Arkansas. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a home game. Six o'clock. I love the night games. Yep. Huge difference. Oh, huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Eleven a.m. is too early. No, those and, and, and it's just not. It's just and there's no no time for tailgating. No, exactly. Exactly. An eleven a.m. game. Hope you have a great weekend. I'm looking forward to my weekend. Mm-hmm. Got a few things, but I'm looking forward to a little chill time. Good, especially after last weekend. Yes, traveling to Atlanta for a wedding. Busy, which, by busy. the way, love the family. Love, mm-hmm. love my niece. But I'm glad to get home. Right. Make it a great weekend. Are you going to be playing any poker? I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm debating it as we speak. <laughs> well, have a great weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ruben back with us Monday. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty, Moon Griffon coming up.